0: Welcome back to the Hour View podcast. On today's episode, I welcome my guest, Matt Kershio. Join our conversation as we discuss his life of living with muscular dystrophy and how we both see our disabilities as being part of who we are, but not all of who we are. Well, I would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of the our View Podcast where we aim to raise awareness, educate, and change the tone of conversation about disabilities. Today, I'm happy to welcome my guest, Matt Kirshio, to the our View Podcast. Matt, thank you so much for joining me today. It is great to have you, and I'm looking forward to our conversation today.
1: I am so excited and so hyped up to be here. It's, I've been thinking about this like, uh, every day, so I'm I'm really happy to be here.
0: Yes, I am. I am so happy to have you. And um, Matt is another uh, another one of my new friends who I met uh, through the Clubhouse app, and uh, that seems to be a, a new theme for uh, my recent podcast guests. <laughs> that I've met uh, a lot of them through the networking uh, social media app Clubhouse. And um, Matt is a fellow New Jersey person, so um, very excited about that. Always nice to connect with uh, people <laughs> who are in New Jersey. And uh, so, to start the episode, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are? Who is Matt?
1: Oh my, that's such a <laughs> such a bold and scary question to answer. Um, so. Uh, I've always used uh, this tagline, and when I say always, probably the last like 12 years, ever since I kind of got into professional advocacy or speaking or writing, anything in the public eye, I've had this tagline of speaker, writer, advocate, uh, just as kind of so people know the things that I'm passionate about. But I am a full rounded person, which means I have the most ridiculous range of interests (laughs) Uh, I I've always, I, I should have known that this was going to extend beyond just like music interest. Uh, when you meet somebody who like, likes a very specific type of music, I never understood that. Um, I love almost all music. There's really not much that I don't love with that being said, there's very little that I don't love. Um, so I am an out and about Nerd, I am just in public eye. I love Marvel, I love Disney, I love superheroes and Pokemon. I am an avid fan. Um, I am a foster dad, I am a husband. Um, I am disabled, uh, I am a Christian, and I am an all around wacky, creative type ENFP, Strengths Finder, Test. Uh, would be like woo, uh, which is winning people over communication, connectedness strategy uh, and analytics. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm one of those people that love to be self-aware and self-reflective. So we could talk all day about like personality types or Enneagram or whatever that is. So if it has to do with like personal growth or external uh, fostering of community, Anything in that realm, Uh, and then of course there's niches within that for me, but that's like the broad stroke of who I am. That's My my mantra is uh, helping people recognize where their potential should be, noticing and um, kind of naming the roofs or the obstacles that are placed over their potential, and then creating systematic plans to dissemble those, what I call roofs so that people can achieve what I call their God-given potential.
0: That is so great and so important. Um, You know, the work that you're doing, and we're definitely getting into that uh, later in the conversation, but I, um, you know, again, I'm really glad that that you reached out to me through, uh, through Clubhouse, and uh, to see that the Uh, A lot of the work that we both do is uh, very similar. We have uh, very similar passions. And um, just to, uh, you know, the the podcast, like I said, to change the tone of conversation about disabilities and how people see those who live with disabilities is um, something that I I felt that we were both uh, very passionate about, very connected with. Um, So I'm I'm excited to, very excited to have you here. (laughs) Um, In your introduction, you mentioned that you are disabled. Can you tell us about uh, your disability diagnosis and how it has impacted your life?
1: Okay, so I was born with muscular dystrophy. Um, A lot of people hear that and they'll think of the MDA or Jerry's kids. I don't know if the younger generation thinks about that, but the older generation knows what I'm talking about, Uh, um, older than me. And so... uh, (laughs) I was undiagnosed within that spectrum for 27 years. Uh, And then very recently, a couple months before I got married, uh, I was diagnosed with a form called uh, like a collagen six um, muscular dystrophy or dystrophy, uh, which is again, another spectrum. So (laughs) you've got muscular dystrophy for those who don't know is an envelope term. That's how I've always referred to it. So you have the envelope uh, or the file folder that says MD, and then you open it up, and you've got like hundreds of diseases that fall under this uh, neuromuscular disease, where, where proteins are not what they should be in your DNA, and uh, it changes how you're, you're physically manifesting in, in your growth. Uh, some people don't experience effects of MD until they're in their late 20s or 30s or 50s, uh, some are born uh, congenitally, which is what I uh, was, was from birth. Um, so for the longest time, it was non-specific congenital muscular myopathy. Uh, and now it's collagen six, but I'm just a special boy living in a special world. But uh, for <laughs> me specifically, my muscu- muscular disease uh, uh, affects my mobility and all of my muscles. Every muscle in my body is not developed as what a person who is not affected by muscular dystrophy would be. So I try not to get into the weeds of how like I would line that up. I'll just say like, if a toddler was mad enough, they could take me out. That's, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. there's not much fight I could put up, um, which is another story for another time, but uh, (laughs) it, it affects everything in my life. The way I sleep, um, my energy, Uh, hopefully the listeners or viewers Um, or audience has heard about like spoon theory and you know people there a couple years back there was this post kind of went viral about uh spoons that uh people with disabilities are given uh, a limited amount of spoons it's just you stick with me Uh, I I took it a step further and I said they were plates so you get plates right and those plates maybe you get 10 a day and those Plates are equivalent to your energy that you have to expend for for your day. And sometimes those plates drop and they get shattered before you even get to use them. Um, Mm. But when you're done eating on those plates, they're gone for that day. And whether you drop one because maybe non metaphorically you've tripped and fell or you woke up with the flu, or um, the thing that's really important is that these plates are often equated to simple tasks like taking a shower, shaving your face, uh, doing laundry, doing dishes. So often people with disabilities or chronic illness have to make a decision. Am I going to wash the dishes or am I going to take a shower today? Mm -hmm. And that's not something that people without a disability often have to navigate. Um, Some of those actions are second nature until one day that they're not second nature. Um, So, that's the best way to think about my diagnosis. I do use a scooter to get around. I probably use it a lot more than I would like to these days, but a couple of years ago I had an injury that really set me back on uh, my mobility. So and that's that's a whole nother journey. that's something um, I love to share and talk about because when people with disabilities go through, monumental moments like injury or illness on top of what they're already dealing with. Even if it's emotional trauma, the ripples, and it's like a parabola, right? Is that the Mm -hmm. exponential, like it's exponential. So instead of just having the simple cause of in the scenario in 2016, I tripped and fell uh, getting off of my scooter, doing something very independent uh, to drive my car. And I tripped and rolled my ankle and I fractured my ankle uh, for somebody who's able-bodied that's a recovery but you get your crutches you know you're in and out of the hospital that day you're good to go for me because of all of my other weakened aspects of my body and immune system I ended up in the hospital for two weeks you know I ended up an in inpatient like uh, rehabilitation facility right. and it took me a very very long time um to get back to, to what I call quote unquote normal. And I don't normally like to use that word, but mm-hmm. um, my status quo, I guess. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's my disability affects every part of my every single waking moment.
0: Yeah, I am so glad you explained the spoon and your, your plate uh, theory. I, I was unfamiliar with that until I was on Clubhouse one night and I was actually in um, I, I, in Clubhouse, you're in different rooms, and a lot of times uh, you're, you're able to list your interests. So my interests include podcasting and disability uh, topics and books and, and other things that I like to do. So those rooms with those topics show up in your, um, in your hallway. Uh, just to explain to people who are unfamiliar with the Clubhouse app. So um, being in rooms that are related to disabilities, you run into a lot of the same uh, people in a lot of the rooms. So um, I I follow a few people who uh, they ping you, which is an invite into a certain room topic. And uh, I was in a chronic illness room and they were explaining the spoon theory, which I had never heard of before. And it makes so much sense. (laughs) It makes so much sense. It's like you have, yeah, you have a whole handful of of something, of spoons that represent the amount of energy you have for the day and what you're able to do. And like you said, that one by one, they start being taken away. And then, you know, when you're out of spoons, that just represents you being out of energy. And just like, I can't, you know, I have to go to bed now. I can't do anything else. And it's just... um, such a great way to explain things because um, at times, most, most of the time I'm pretty good. And I, um, you know, I can last throughout the day. And, um, you know, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, uh, I was up until 3 a.m. last night and just, just for no reason, just couldn't sleep. Um, (laughs) And that's most of my nights, you know, I'm up until at least midnight most of the time, but then there are times where it's just like, yeah, I have that whole load of laundry I should wash and, you know, but then I also just want to kind of sit on my couch and just, <laughs> you know, watch some, you know, watch a Netflix show, watch a repeat of, you know, of something of the office or something like that and just, you know, chill for a minute. And it's, it's so true. Um, the way that the the spoon theory uh, works. And I, I think that's a great visual, um, you know, great visual for people to uh, utilize when uh, trying to explain uh, chronic illness and people with disabilities and, and what they are, uh, you know, what things give, uh, you know, what things that, that exert energy for them and just, you know, when they're out, they're out. So uh, thank you for, for bringing that up. I appreciated that. <laughs> yes, I love to talk about uh, random metaphors. That's, that's my
1: favorite. And the only reason yeah. I ever took it, I think it's a perfect a metaphor. The only reason I switched to place is because I think it needed to be more breakable because at least my experience is that yes. my, my disability, my energy is not promised. So if I don't get the right amount of sleep, if I trip, if I fell, if I'm going through something emotional, I'm not going to have as much to offer as I would on any other day. So, and sometimes those things get taken away from me against my will. Mm-hmm. So I'm fully aware of the how fragile my energy is um, and so, yeah it, it goes into every step and everything I'm thinking because sometimes you know w- when I guess I guess one thing I want to clarify is when I talk about how when they're gone they're gone your spoons your, your plates are gone what I mean that is when I have to walk from my scooter a couple steps at night because I park it in the room next to my bed um, to get to my bed at night if I have not been careful that throughout that entire day, that walk is gonna be the difference between me leaning on my wall or cane to walk 10 feet or me literally putting my entire weight on every surface as I go there and taking a risk of falling and that next day having no, no plates to offer. So mm-hmm. um, it is actually like a wall that you hit um, where your muscle, at least for a physical disability, Um, Mm -hmm. When you're tapped out, you're tapped out. But in that, I think people with disabilities have an innate superpower, which (laughs) is knowing their limitations. Yes. And I think they are so much better and have such an amazing ability to teach society about boundaries and margin.
0: Yes. And being resourceful of that energy and protective of that Uh, of that energy that you you know that you know this would cause me like that's going to be too much for me uh would love to but like it's going to be too much so I have to you know sit this one out or just yeah just being uh ways to uh preserve that uh that energy and I'd love again the the plate um and what you just explained of being fragile and breakable like I um I've said it before on my podcast, I'm a very visual person. So when you said like dropping a plate, I did picture it on the floor in like pieces, (laughs) Um, you know, and not just, uh, you know, not, not just a spoon that like, you know, just drops and it and it goes away. Like I pictured it, you know, shattering the plate shattering. So that, that was a very good, uh, very good visual. (laughs) Um, So uh, one of the things that I, that caught my eye on your on your website was a quote that I saw that says, "My faith, my thoughts, and my relationships are all drastically influenced by my disability." Can you please um, talk about that and how your disability influences all of these areas of your life? I really, I just loved that quote, and um, you know, would love to hear your uh, your reasoning for uh, saying that.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm totally going to do a little cheat sheet and actually bring up my website right now, my yeah. about me section um, to, in context. Uh, so w- the whole paragraph that I wrote in that section was, while my disability does not entirely encompass who I am, it is impossible to separate my experience as a disabled person from my worldview. My faith, my thoughts, and my relationships are all drastically influenced by my disability. I say this to explain that while not everything I post will be about disability specifically, my words will still be influenced by my experience. So Mm -hmm. disability, so that is a journey that I have traveled and trudged through since probably my preteen's age. I mean, younger, I guess. Um, I've always been the type that can't settle for complacency. So when something's not right in my heart, when I'm not, living my truest and authentic self eventually something happens within me that basically says whoa 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 we need to reevaluate and so for me my journey with my disability was really taken kind of a roller coaster where it went from hey i'm not just i'm not just disabled like i have so much to offer the world like my disability doesn't define me to then um Uh, Before that, it was like, I don't have a disability. Like, there's nothing wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Then it was more so it doesn't define me. Then it was embracing, I have a disability and I have needs. And now it's really come to this really meshed understanding because I I had to reevaluate and say, there are certain things in my life that I never knew growing up, whether they were me having to figure out because I was disabled or me having to figure out because I was a 14-year-old boy, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Because they were always just kind of like mixed up together. I'd have, you know, rejection, right? And it was immediately my head went to, it's because I'm disabled. And sometimes it was like, no, our personalities just didn't match. Um, And say like, if I was interested in somebody, but sometimes it was because I have a disability. So I guess the point that I was getting at is there is a lens that I see the world through that I cannot separate because every decision I make kind of like what we were talking about with the plates and, and the spoons is influenced by the fact that my body functions in this manner
0: mm-hmm. that
1: my job search I guess let me frame it like this when I when I have been looking for jobs in the past I have to deal with the reality that finding a job is extremely difficult in any culture or economy take away the, 80 some percent jobs that physically I cannot do without, with or without adaptations that maybe I'd be interested in. Right. Take those off the table. We've got maybe 20%. And this is just me making up numbers, but I think they're pretty Mm -hmm. appropriate within that 20%. Let's call 15% probably have a bias towards disabilities um, and under because of lack of understanding or ignorance or fear. Um, so I can't perform, so I'm written off before I even get there, and then we have the 5% that I can actually apply for, and then I have to figure out, and they have to figure out, does my experience match what that job actually wants, so I'm constantly trudging and swimming through these, I I don't know what you would call them, uh, like, uh, rounds like you, you get through each level you know mm-hmm. and like kind of like a triathlon it's like you get through one and then you got to hit through the next and um yeah, even with with faith right uh you know I I try and walk very or I say walk but I scoot I try and <laughs> you know roll very carefully when I uh, um, talk about faith because there's a lot of hurt in the disability community when it comes to faith and I've gone to seminary. I've, I've been a pat like a, a pastor and, and I've done ministering and things like that. I see something as important as scripture through a lens of disability. So the things that I read about passages of healing, um, I see very different than somebody who doesn't have a quote unquote need for healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so where the rhetoric tends to go is an able-bodied person will read uh, a scene or, or a section about disability, right? And they'll pull what they, their experience has has taught them. So it might be, okay, fix the disability, save the person, right? And my reality is my disability is here and it does not designate whether I get saved or not. And, I, and I'm i saying saved in the sense of uh, a faith way, as well as just in general, the valuing of my humanity, Right, right? My humanity is not dependent on my disability because I exist. I have value because mm-hmm. I have ex- exist. I have purpose. And when I look at some of these stories, I see I don't know. There's this one and I, I you know, I'm, I'm not trying to like overstep myself in this, but there's this one story where it's about a man who can't get in to see Jesus. And it's always taken out of context where it's saying, well, he couldn't get in. He needed Jesus to heal him. And then, you know, kind of they, they had a break through the roof. That's what my whole nonprofit was founded on this, this mm-hmm. idea of breaking open a roof to reach his potential. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, His healing, I guess. So many people preach and talk about this section like it's about that man's physical healing, when if you were to read it and read it in multiple different languages and and translations, you would understand that the common thread is that the only thing preventing that man from getting to Jesus, which he aligned with his greatest potential, was the onlookers. It's it's the same across the, the translations onlookers a crowd not a community was preventing him not steps not a lack of an elevator not not physical boundaries but people were preventing him because his value was less so then he had this small community that came around him empowered him crushed open his roof for him dropped him down and what's the first thing that happened it wasn't him being healed he was forgiven his humanity was valued a million times over. That was the miracle. It was not him walking out afterwards. That was just the cherry on top in that story. That was just like the yeah, the world's going to expect this, so go ahead. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm not trying to be preachy. I also write that in my 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 <laughs> website. Also, I'm not here to preach. On it, these are things that I walk through or scoop mm-hmm. through. Um, I'm living it out. I have a literally disclaimer on my website that if I'm preaching, it's because I'm preaching to myself as a reminder that my worth and value is innate in the fact that I exist. So I guess all that and saying it's kind of took a really weird road of me saying that there's nothing in my world where I can separate my disability. My marriage is different because I'm disabled. My parenting is different because I'm disabled. My work is different because I'm disabled but it does not change my value or Mm -hmm. what I can bring just because it's different doesn't mean it's bad. Just like when, just because things are harder, doesn't mean they're worse. Typically things are harder. They're probably
0: more worth it. Right. Yeah. I love everything that you just said. It was, um, and it's so true that every, every part, I, I love your, um, analogy of, of searching for a job and, um, how you have to, as a person with a physical disability, you have to really think about these things. And um, I had a conversation with my mom the other day. She was here, and um, I, I live in a, an apartment by myself. She comes here maybe once or twice a week, I'll see her. And um, she was, we were having a conversation about. Um, the things that were like in my room and why I have them in certain places and it should maybe be moved here, she was saying, and should be put there. And so I really had to explain to her, I said, okay, well, number one, I, I'm here by myself. I said, so I said that, that um, you know, that, that box over there that has all my hair stuff in it. So right now I have my hair in braids, but if it's out of the braids, it's curly. So I have to put gel in it and all kinds of stuff. Well, it's sitting on the floor because I have a closet door that has a sliding mirror on it. And I can't physically stand up in front of the mirror in the bathroom to do my hair. So I have to sit on the floor to do it. (laughs) So therefore my hair care products are on the floor by my mirror, (laughs) you know? And she just looks at me and goes, oh yeah, (laughs) like like what? (laughs) I said, so therefore you can move it into the bathroom if you'd like, if that makes you more comfortable right now. But as soon as you leave, it's going back on the floor in front of my mirror where I, (laughs) where I do my hair. Yeah.
1: 100%. (laughs) That makes complete sense.
0: Yeah. So it's just like everything that, you know, that, that I do as a person with a physical disability, it really, um, I have to think about my disability before, Beforehand, I you know, we both live in New Jersey. It's been snowing here nonstop, it seems, for the last week, and we're supposed to get more snow in the next couple of weeks or so. Um, but it's, it's like, even something with that, I have to look at the weather ahead of time to see when I can go to the store yes. oh to go gosh. get food, you know, or have food delivered because it's like, okay, it's going to snow on, on Thursday. Uh, you know, they might not be delivering food on Thursday, so I'll have to order it on Tuesday. And then you know, you're in New Jersey, so it might rain, but it might snow as well. So you never know <laughs> that thin line of, of where the snow and, and rain begin and stops is, is very uh, picky here in, in New Jersey. Yeah. It, I, I think, Uh huh.
1: sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just, there, there's something that reminded me like a story really quickly. Cause I know there's other topics you want to get to, but um, I had a bunch of friends in college uh, for, I did like a semester away in Colorado Springs, and they used to be on my case so much that I needed to loosen up and I needed to not plan so much. Like, and the funny part, this is, it still cracks me up to this day is I am spontaneous. I love, I love to just do things by the seat of my pants, but I don't have that, that luxury. I don't get to do that. I don't get in this scenario, right? I was a little bit more mobile back in 2011. And so they lived upstairs and there I had a real heart to heart. And I was like, hey, all I'm feeling really left out from like the friendship group because you guys aren't inviting me over and you're always getting together. And then I'm hearing about it afterwards. And then you're saying where I, where was I? And they like came down on me pretty hard. I'm like, Matt, you just need to come over. You just come up with like, we're here, like any time of the day, like trying to be like loving, right? Mm-hmm. We're always open. Like you're, we don't want to leave you out. And I, I looked them in the eye and I said, you don't understand that if I walk all the way up those steps and you guys are not there, that I'm not coming back down those steps right away. And then I right. have nowhere to sit to gain my energy back. Mm-hmm. And I had to be pretty like stern with them. Like my planning is not about my need for control. It's about my need to survive and thrive. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is, and I, I do have to keep myself in check because sometimes that planning does become about control. But at the core of what it is, it is about my ability to thrive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is so true, how every part of our lives is, uh, you know, and, and disability is not all that we are. Um, we are, you know, as you mentioned, uh, you know, you're, you're a parent, you're a husband, and, you know, all these other things that we all are, but it does, um, it, it has its way, having a disability has its way of being a part of every aspect of our life in one way or another, and in sometimes multiple ways. So um, I'm so glad that you, uh, you know, read that whole paragraph and then um, you know gave such a great examples because I think uh, for me, like the example I just gave of of having my hair care products where they are, <laughs> uh, you know, it's a bit out of place for everybody else who might you know who who might not be used to it, but it's like it works for me because I can't <laughs> I can't stand up and do my hair in the mirror, so <laughs> uh, you know I have to do things and, and make it uh, accessible for, for me. Um, another thing you mentioned in your um, in uh, in answering the previous question was about your break the roof uh, nonprofit. and uh, I love the the concept behind this and you you told a little bit about um, you know the story uh, in the Bible that uh, you know had you come up with this uh, with this name. So can you tell us a little bit more about break the roof and what it what it means?
1: Yeah, thanks so much uh, for doing research, (laughs) you know, you're a good snooper. Um, so (laughs) break the roof. I found it in 2016, uh, as a nonprofit with, it's kind of like a subsection of one of my friends, nonprofits. That's a little bit bigger. Um, just because I needed to get it started. I I really believe that there was a need. Um, I had done tons of advocacy projects and a lot of them started and failed, um, with, with some pretty well-known disability advocates and, uh, they just, just my life just went, you know, tipsy-turvy in different ways. And uh, I, I started, one of my big passions, and this is kind of what I was talking about, right, that it can't be separated, was uh, working within churches or um, in faith-based organizations. Specifically, I was doing a lot of mentoring of middle school, high school, and college age guys. Uh, it's just something that just probably came out of the fact that no one really wanted to mentor me growing up. For whatever reason, um, so it's always kind of been this deep um, love and desire in my heart. And the more and more that I gained, I guess, invites to leadership within the church, the more, and more more and more across the country, I recognized how deep the 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 cavern or you know the the gap was for people with disabilities and inclusion. Um, when we talk inclusion, when I talk inclusion, I talk holistic inclusion. We're not talking about the fact that people are f- butts in seats. We're not talking about butts in seats, right? We're talking about the fullness of people's humanity being recognized.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: the, the, this Break the Roof was really founded on that whole, uh, it's from Mark too. you can go to BreakTheRoof.org, um, and this belief that people with disabilities were not giving the shot to be who they're meant to be and it's not okay and it's not fair and i'm within you know i'm in the bounds of the big c church which is like kind of like the universal anybody that believes in in christian faith and they talk a big game about helping people be their their truest selves and the disparity that i was seeing was was heartbreaking And so I guess I've always, the whole, we are not a monolith uh, aspect really chimes well with my heart is just because I have Christian faith or just because I'm a writer, it doesn't make me those specific things, right? I I hate being pigeonholed. And so (laughs) break the roof, I'm aware that the bread and butter basket was me going out and teaching churches how to be actually inclusive to the point where they could have people with disabilities in leadership but the grander scheme is i want it to, to be an amplifying microphone for those with disabilities to be empowered to break through whatever roofs are put on their their their, their lives since then i i will say break the roof was doing a lot of really amazing things um it, employment work for people with disabilities conferences a lot of me traveling speaking writing writing papers and and articles um, because I was living in Nashville at the time and uh, some life things happened like getting three foster children and um, a lot of other crazy wild experiences um, that really made me put the nonprofit on the back burner. So now um, I'm probably finally at a point in my life, 2021, we made it through 2020 uh, (laughs) to really start reevaluating. Uh, I have this deep desire, my desire to see people break through their potential is not just with the disability community. I guess it's, I guess it's one of those things where I'm sure you've heard um, the, maybe you haven't, but when people argue about things like Black Lives Matters, right, um, the thing that I always go back to is there's a fire on a street and no other houses are affected by this fire, but there is a priority And you know what? We can say more. Like certain things take precedent and need more attention right right now. And for me, the disability community is one of those comma more for me. So um, Breakthrough, again, was founded to empower people with disabilities. Um, But I, my heart is for all people Mm -hmm. uh, that, that have their potential capped. So we've done this, like I said, through speaking engagements, um, articles, uh, conferences, but I've always had really big dreams and aspirations. And right now I'm trying to figure out where it's going, um, whether that's like starting a fund. I've talked to you about starting a fund for people with disabilities um, who don't meet the qualifications of their state uh, that might need repairs on medical devices or or accessibility into their home. Uh, so I'm looking for, I'm looking to build connections right now and see where it goes and kind of follow the, the, the flow, I guess, of, of what falls on my lap.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I really, um, you know, and and like I said, we, we did connect you and I would connect it through, um, through clubhouse and, um, one of the things that really um, drew me to you, to want to connect to you, was this break the roof and the reference that you used uh, for uh, the story in the Bible, because, um, you know, my faith has been very important to me uh, growing up, and I've always been, uh, you know, always going to church, and uh, I always remember, I always tell the story that uh, whenever I had surgeries growing up, because I have spina bifida, and I had to have you know, all kinds of surgeries to fix things and help me uh, walk better and uh, things to repair my bladder and, and all kinds of wild and crazy things um, that I've had done uh, surgery wise. And my grandmother, uh, she always told me to make sure you have a song in your heart to, uh, you know to help calm yourself when you go in for surgery. So, um, and then I can remember uh, being at her house on Sunday mornings and her watching the uh, church programs on TV and hearing the different hymns and, and things like that. And just being able to, um, I'm, I'm a very music person too, as you mentioned, uh, you like all kinds of music and I, I do as well. And, um, you know, so just learning those church songs and, and always having a song in my heart to help calm me down uh, which was originally for the uh, surgeries that I was having, but growing up and uh, now being a um, somewhat a full grown adult, um, I don't ever claim that. But uh, <laughs> uh, but just using those songs now, even until today, to help calm you know calm me and uh, relieve some of that stress. So I, I really liked your um, you know the way that you related it to uh, the story in the Bible and just. Uh, you know, just helping people reach their full potential, and um, you know, breaking the roof, and just not, uh, you know, not settling for for where they are, and just to uh, know that they can, you know, reach everything that they that they desire.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a deep conviction that I have. It's probably the deepest conviction I have about people is that in society, um, and so in break the roof, I constantly use the phrase "in and out of the church," because my wheelhouse is working within the churches my desire is for community for the communal whole uh mm-hmm. that if people were doing what they were meant to do and not falling into boxes that they were pushed into this world would operate in such a different manner mm-hmm. and it's sometimes it's just as easy as switching a ramp uh, or stairs to a ramp Other times it's as deep doing heart work on person's insecurities and the pain that's been brought to them, whether by churches or by, um, leadership or abusers or whatever it might be, um, that there's all of these circumstances that are constantly trying to push us down. And I just don't got the patience for it. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I have the patience to help people through it, but I don't have the patience for us saying, this is all I'm worth or I'm not worth enough. Um, so if if at, I guess the full scope of break the roof is I want to do all the things that my theological perception understands of of that chapter in Mark, and that's to build a community of people that will empower people to break through roofs so that they can be full humans. Like that's that's the arc of the story for me, and that's that's desperately what I desire to create.
0: That's really really great. And just even listening to you um, talk about it, I can definitely sense your passion and desire to um, make that uh, happen. So thank you for that work that you are doing it is um, I definitely appreciate that you are uh, doing that work. Uh, So to wrap up this episode, I always end with um, a form of this question, which is what is the most common misconception about your disability diagnosis. So that can be what people misunderstand about you specifically having um, uh, muscular dystrophy or just about uh, muscular dystrophy in general or just people with disabilities in general. So you can approach it in any way that you'd like. <laughs> no,
1: I, that's a that's a really good question. Um, before I answer that, I do want to thank you, Art, for running this podcast because um, one of Break the Roof's biggest desires is to amplify voices. And I think Mm -hmm. representation is the first step in doing that and allowing people with disabilities to just be people and to allow them to be like, I'm navigating this space, I'm disabled and that's part of who I am and it influences everything, but... I also have an Etsy shop, like, and that's my deep passion and desire, you know, like to just be the fact that you're disabled and doing a certain thing. You don't always have to be a disability advocate. You don't always have to be the spokesperson. Cause I think, uh, that might be my misconception. I might go with, there are so many, but it might (laughs) be that everybody who has a disability has to be the spokesperson for everybody's experiences. And we are not a monolith. There are certain people in our community that are skilled, gifted, and called to be those educators, to help allies understand a little bit better, to help educate younger people, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are others that, you know, we, we are people and we are walking working through just as much trauma as you are. And some of it might not even be related to our disability. A lot of it is. And I guess that's probably, that's the misconception I'm going to hone in on. For the longest time, uh, I asked myself the question, what baffles my mind and what breaks my heart? Um, what Basically, what concept really just wrecks me? Like, why is this a thing? Mm-hmm. And for me, that has always been what I call the pain behind the pain. And when I see somebody with a disability or when somebody sees somebody with a disability, uh, because I'll, I'll even make this mistake sometimes, okay. They have a hearing difference or a visual difference, or either using crutches. If we fix that, then their problems go away. And the fullness of humanity is saying, Nah, I got this. Like my wheelchair gets me where I need it to go, but you don't realize that I'm harboring something real deep that nobody else knows about. And that's probably the misconception that really just grinds my gears is (laughs) please stop assigning people's trauma before you get to know them. Don't offer prayer of healing without knowing a person's name and story first, because what you see as their trauma might be their empowerment right now. Mm -hmm. And that needs to be lifted up. There are probably things though that are going on in their life. If you are really wanting to be prayerful or be a helpful or ally then that means you need to start building community and giving these people a chance to talk and to share what's going on in their hearts, a safe space. And I'm not saying, oh, the, it's a trigger word. Like we can't save safe space. No, I mean a place where somebody can be fully authentic themselves and not be terrified that they're gonna be just uh, minimized to a certain category or stereotype. Mm-hmm. Let them be full people and you do the work people i'm sorry i'm preaching to people out there as well as to myself (laughs) do the work to do the digging because it takes time and energy to help people out of that pain
0: that's behind the pain yes so true um thank you so much uh for everything for for this great conversation and uh that's exactly what you said so thank you for um you know, for acknowledging uh, the work that I'm doing with this podcast. And that's exactly what I aim to do is to show that uh, people with disabilities are we're out here. We're doing things. And um, you know there's there's a place everybody has their strengths, and there's a place for those, like you said, who are doing the hard advocacy work and you know, really doing that. And then everybody has their mm-hmm. own style too because through what i'm doing here by um giving people a place to share their stories that's advocacy work too that's raising awareness that's uh educating people and it's helping to change the tone of conversation which are my three goals uh for our view for this podcast and it's you know this is my my style this is the way that i'm doing things and uh, you know, so, so I really uh, appreciate you saying that. So thank you so much. I, um, you know, we all need a little bit of encouragement sometimes (laughs) uh, to know that, uh, you know, to know that we're doing the right thing. So uh, I truly appreciate that. And just before we go, um, can you mention uh, your websites or any social media platforms where people can uh, follow you and keep up to date on what you are up to?
1: Oh, thank you so much for that that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and again, thank you so much for uh, this time. Uh, I think right now I am just 1000% invested in clubhouse. Yes. So if you're on clubhouse or if you need an invite, cause I've built up a bunch of invites that I could send out, uh, <laughs> follow me at M curcio M C U R C I O. Uh, also, you can find me on Facebook, my website and break the roof, which if you go on right now, you'll see that they are horribly not updated because of life. Uh, but <laughs> mattkircio.org and break the Um, just jump on, read through some of my random musings and send me a contact request and we can chat.
0: Yeah. So Matt, thank you so much for, again, for the work that you're doing. And, uh, you know, I appreciate, uh, you know, the friendship that we are developing and I look forward to definitely uh, working with you in the future and uh, making things happen just because uh, we can and just because we will. Like it's, uh, it's definitely necessary and to have uh, voices like yours who are a part of the disability community who are for making a change and not just within the disability community but to the community at large. I think is so important. We do need those um, those allies outside of our disability community to help make these things happen and to help people reach their full potential in life. So um, I appreciate you and appreciate uh, the work that you're doing and thank you so much for your time today and I will be in touch. <laughs> thank you
1: so much. Everybody share, like, get this podcast and arts work out there because this is the represent- representation that the disability community desperately needs.
0: Yes, exactly what he said. Make sure you <laughs> like and share and review and just, you know, do all the things. So, <laughs> But thank you, Matt, and I appreciate it, uh, our conversation today, and uh, I will be in touch with you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hour View podcast. Leave us a review wherever you listen and let us know what you liked about this episode. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and be sure to follow us on all social media platforms for more disability-related content at Our View for Life. That's O-U-R-V-I-E-W, the number four, L-I-F-E. If you listen to this episode on your phone, take a screenshot and post it to your Instagram or Facebook stories and be sure to tag us. We thank you for listening and take care.